Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I'm here with Sarah today. (laughs) So Sarah Payton is joining us on the Toxic Person Proof Podcast and talking about making your brain a kinder place. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm so well. I'm happy to be here. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. I am great. Happy to talk to you. Happy to talk to you and definitely happy to talk about this subject, right? Because for so many of us, especially after trauma, our brain is not a kind place, right? Not in any way. Uh, So why does that happen? Well, the, one of the main reasons it happens is because our little kid brains, uh-huh. before the age of about nine years old, really tend, to, not just tend, but absolutely believe that we are the cause uh-huh. of whatever it is that's going wrong. So if our mom is unhappy, we believe that we've done something wrong. If our grandma dies, we'll often believe that in some way... There was something we did to contribute to it. Um, if our uh, if uh, our father loses his job and is depressed, we'll take it on like it, it, it's ours to to carry somehow. It's almost like, well, for one thing, the little kid's brain doesn't see the whole big picture. It's not like our it's not like our eight year old brain can go, oh, my dad is really suffering because. Um, his coronavirus yeah <laughs> something crazy happened in the world that had nothing exactly. to do with that. right yeah right right, right. Yeah. well so, so how do we untrain our brains or retrain our brains to to become happier places the best way is really to begin to see the sense that we're trying to make with okay. the cruelty that we have with ourselves so if I beat myself up every time I make a mistake, then I want to start to say to that voice that's beating me up, oh, do you just want Sarah not to make any mistakes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay. Know, to kind of become, it's a way, it's like an invitation to become bigger than our critical self-witness. And oftentimes our critical self-witness feels huge and we think there's no way I could be bigger than that voice. We just believe that it's telling us the truth. We kind of curl up in a little ball and let it kick us. But Mm -hmm. it's really important to begin to say to the critical voice, do you just want me to live better? Do you want me, do you want people to like me? Do you want me to be safe? These are the kinds of questions we can start to ask that voice. So basically asking the, the critical voice something other than what's wrong with me. Right. right. Cause that's what we typically ask the critical voice, right? Yes, that's beautiful. Exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So being able to say what need am I trying to meet, whether it be what safety meet, or connection. What, yeah. Or what's, what's like, if you're critic, like if we think of ourselves, what happens to me when I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I treat myself when I make a mistake? Usually it's like, Oh, you're such an idiot. How could you make that mistake again? You'll never get better. And so I'm listening, like, 
I step aside. It's like I let that critical voice go a little bit, you know, just like they'd be able to really hear it. And I step to the side and I look at it and I'm like, oh, what emotion is that critical voice uh, in the middle of? And it can be hopelessness, despair, helplessness, contempt, anger. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be all kinds of those things that, that we really wish we didn't feel about each, ourselves, but that's okay, or each other. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I hear that. I think that's contempt. And I think that voice wishes I were dead. You know, that's a really intense one. And that's one that, like, you're thinking, what on earth could be the need of the voice that wants me to be dead? So you kind of step into that, wants me to be dead. Oh, do you want some rest? You know, do you, are you, are you so overwhelmed? And are, do you, are you hopeless? And do you just want rest? And is death the only thing you can imagine that would let this poor, the brain that's just going 24-7, you stop. Yeah. So there's just... So naming it, so recognizing it as a separate entity from yourself, right? Yeah. Rather than thinking that's my voice talking to me. Exactly. Right? So yeah. separating it as a separate piece of yourself, naming what it's being very clear. It's kind of like naming the emotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anger. Um, contempt, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then figuring out what need it's trying to meet. Is that what you're, the three steps? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it gets a little complicated. Just (laughs) (laughs) I bet it does, yes. Because you think, oh, it's true. You know, I mean, that's the most complicated thing is the voice comes at you, you go, oh, it's true, I shouldn't be alive. And that's not, that's not what we want at all. That's not, that's not what it wants at all. It wants uh, something else. So we don't take that as the final statement. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what do you find it usually wants? Rest, uh, peace, maybe. I did high performance coaching. Um, and one of the things they said is if you drop, this was actually not true for me, but I, I can see where it would be true with a lot of high performers. They said, um, do you think if you are not hard on yourself, you won't push yourself anymore? So that voice, right? Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that, right? So trying to hold on to that negative voice in your head as a means of achievement. Yeah, because people are scared of depression. Many of us have had terrifying moments, days, months, weeks where we haven't been able to move and we're, and we're like, we never want to go back there again. Or we had a, I don't want to go back there again. I I can join that crowd of, I do not want to go back there again. Yes. <laughs> you know, we can also have that experience. If our parents were depre- depressed, we can okay. be kind of depression. We've seen it take somebody out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we're like, I am going to hang on to the whip to make myself move instead of getting anywhere close to depression. So there's a little bit of like faith in ourselves that starts to develop kind of naturally as we begin to bring kindness into the picture, as we begin to to bring warmth into the picture. If we start to realize that trauma makes us actually not like ourselves and disrupts the self-warmth and self-affection process. Uh uh And when we bring, when we start to bring this funny, big warmth to ourselves, like, like no matter what you're feeling, be a little bit bigger than what you're feeling 
and hold it with gentleness. Like if there's contempt, be bigger than the contempt. If there's despair and grief, be bigger than the despair and grief. We have this immense capacity that we don't even know about until we begin to awaken it and use it. And so, uh, so this is a little bit of a, a glimpse, I think, into your high performance. Uh, yeah. Desire. Well, and I'd love to talk some of the exercises and some things I've done with some of my clients and love your feedback on it. Um, visualizing that toxic voice shrinking is mm-hmm. something and, and thinking of like myself as expanding, like mm-hmm. visualization of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that you've seen work or any, any additions to that that you would suggest? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of the same thing as getting a little bigger. It's like, admitting yes, yes, that's what made me think about it. Yes. Yes. Admitting that, 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 that really critical and poisonous inner voice is not everything. Mm -hmm, And it's mm -hmm. hard to believe because it's so convincing. Mm -hmm, It's the mm -hmm. most convincing voice that we've got. I like to say it's not truth. It's trauma. Okay. I like that. Yeah, it's not truth, it's trauma. Um, Something else, I think this is a Buddhist concept. I certainly do not take credit for this. Uh, But it was talking about thinking of your really difficult emotions as like a baby, like rocking your anger, rocking um, contempt. Uh, Have you? I like like to rock grief, but with anger, I like to have a sympathetic temper tantrum with it. Okay. Because if we've got an angry baby, um, then we want some acknowledgement that the angry baby has a point. And angry babies always have a point. It's always about needs not met. So if uh-huh, we, uh-huh. we know we have an angry temper tantruming baby inside of us, we can go, damn right, yes, no wonder you're angry. And then we name what we love. Do you love respect? Do you love fairness? Do you love equality? Do you love right. worlds that make sense? And just like being with that intensity is kind of different because it's kind of difficult if you're rocking on something that's just temper tantruming because it's different uh, resonance in a way. I love that. And I want to go back to it to make sure everyone heard what you said (laughs) because, okay, so um, first record, I think so many people have a hard time. It's like, I think I, I say, well, who would be good at that? Because they're frustrated that they're angry at something, you know, and typically when people, the empathetic kind types of people who are in my space, in my world and my listeners, usually when they tell me what they're angry about, it's like, Whoa, I would have been angry way before you. And and they're feeling bad about it or feeling guilty about it or feeling shame about being angry. And it's like, yeah. I've been angry three months ago or three years ago. Right, like, right. You know, um, but we have unconscious agreements against being angry. Yes, yes, yes. It's been toxic because we've seen it hurt other people, because it's hurt us, because it's destroyed families. Mm -hmm. We often have an agreement with ourselves do not get angry no matter what. Mm. Keep the peace no matter what. Yeah, but it doesn't work, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It's It's depressing our life energy. Yes, yeah, because we just turn the anger inward, typically, right? And what they found is that whatever we do to diminish anger diminishes all of our life energy. It takes everything else down with it. 
And okay, so- that's really important. Let, let's back up that. I know what you're talking about, but some people that might be like a big concept. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you are turning off your emotions, in many ways, you're turning off your creative energy, your confidence, your, your growth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your, because your, your knowledge that things are dangerous and you need to get the heck out. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things get dampened. Yes. Yeah. Grief gets dampened. We don't know we're sad. Yeah. And then after several years of this, we have to give ourselves permission to access these feelings again. Yeah, yeah, we really do. We need to just examine that. If we have a, a contract with ourselves not to be angry, then we need to think what it what is, what am I doing with that contract not to be angry in order to, I will not be angry in order to, is it in order to save my mother? Is it in order to protect my siblings? Is it in order to um, create the world that I want to live in? And I think with, yeah, I think with most of my ladies, it would be um, how, you know, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I don't want anyone not to like me. That would be a very common theme. Um, and and say, then we need to say to ourselves, do you need acknowledgement that you have very good historical reasons for believing this? Yeah. That oh, indeed, that's great. Yeah, that indeed you were impacted negatively, that people withdrew from you, that your mother couldn't bear it, that your father exploded uh-huh. in anger. Do you need acknowledgement that, yes, of course you have? An idea that anger is harmful. And, and thank you for that. <laughs> because sometimes that, that very much aligns with what I teach, but sometimes that doesn't feel like what people are saying sometimes. And I really like, because I say, well, of course you would be angry. Well, who yeah. wouldn't be angry about that? Right. And in that way, the way you said it, you know, acknowledge that there was a, um, that kept you safe at some point in your life. Yeah, yeah. And the only way to control anger without depressing all of the other life energies is to uh, ally it with love, to really tap into what do I love? I'm angry because I love people to live in a world where they don't get to have to be scared. I'm angry because my partner has controlled my income for the last four years and I need sources of life energy myself. I need to have my own sources of income. I need to be able to make my own choices. Of course I'm angry because I love my children so much and I want them to be safe and live without harm. There are so many things that our anger is actually connected to when it's Uh connected to our love. The sun is ready Shut this blind. Speaking of life source, I always want to do it right here beside this window. And I had some life source on me and my face as I was speaking with you. I was like, oh, it's so nice. I like to talk to people and look at. So, my outside, if you turn around and look at your painting, yes, that is literally what I'm looking at. I mean, like mm-hmm. almost exactly like that is what I'm outside looking at. So, I always love to do these lives and do these things so I can stare. Like at your painting, it's like a, a double thing, but the sunset is so we started talking. So coupling it with love. So what are some other exercises uh, you talked about? I want to recap what you said. So making that voice smaller, being bigger than that emotion, naming it, naming, uh, you know, once. naming what it wants, yeah. and then saying, I love 
justice. I yeah. love um, fairness. I love people doing right by the people they're supposed to be in family with. I yeah. love uh, feeling secure in my job. Yeah. I love feeling secure in my relationships. I love like, is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. Awesome. What other tips and tricks do you have for making our brain a kinder place? Well, when we find that we've got a contract, we need to let it go. Uh-huh. So um, when we discover, I, aha, Sarah and Sarah are telling me something that I needed to hear. I do have a contract that's saying I should not get angry. It should the key word for someone trying to figure out what their contract is, is the should word pretty very common good word is a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Very good clue word. Yeah. 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 I shouldn't have spoken. I, I shouldn't have laughed so loudly. I shouldn't have let anybody know I was angry. I shouldn't have expressed my pain. Mm-hmm. All those things mm-hmm. point exactly to contract. So my thing is more like, um, Cause I'm trying to think, you know, I've obviously done a lot of self-work in, in this arena and it's like, I think, um, I shouldn't be tired. <laughs> I think it's one of the main things I, I am not very kind that about. Sounds, that one sounds like it might be, and it might be for many people, many women. Uh-huh. I will not allow myself to acknowledge my tiredness. Yeah, no, in, I. In order to, what's uh-huh. that in order to? I've got a lot of things I want to accomplish in my life, right? I've got a lot of things um, and the things I want to do done. Yes. I want the things I want to do done. I am changing, you know, I, I say I'm going to change the world. I am changing the world. Um, I'm making it a better place and not that probably some of it is somewhat of a God complex left over of like, I'm responsible for saving yeah. everyone, you know, yeah. I've, I've gotten better with my relationship with the people in my life. Go ahead. Here's the important thing. Now we, we need to acknowledge the cost of the contracts to us. So okay. the next piece is to say, I say, solemnly swear to my essential self that I will not acknowledge my own tiredness in order to get everything done that I want to get done and to help people and save people and make the world a better place, no matter the cost to myself. That's yeah. definitely my trigger point. Cause as you're talking, I'm like, <gasps> like <laughs> I haven't had that kind of emotional reaction about something in a long time. I do a lot of self-work obviously. <laughs> so, so that's right. Like that's the, that's the, the the, the weak spot. That's my little kryptonite, as you just did. <laughs> we talk to your essential self. It's like a dialogue. It's okay. Like, and so bring me through it again when I'm not having a panic attack. Okay. Bring, okay. bring me through it again. Yes. Okay. I, Sarah. I, Sarah. Solemnly swear to my essential self. Solemnly swear to my essential self. We have to swear to somebody so we can release it. In That I will not acknowledge my own tiredness. That I will not acknowledge my own tiredness. In order to get everything done that I want to get done. In order to get everything done that I need to get done. In order to save the world and help people. In order to save the world and help people. No matter the cost to myself. No matter the cost to myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
not, I'm glad this is recorded. I'm going to have to go back and listen to my, I don't usually listen to the podcast again, but this one I'm going to have to go back and listen to. I, hey, you're no. obviously very good at what you do because I have not, um, I had not had that much of an emotional reaction to something in a long time. Yes. Okay. So now we say Sarah's essential self. Did you hear the contract? Sarah's essential self. Did you hear the contract? What did she say? Oh, she heard it. She didn't like it though. She, okay. She's not, she's not, she's not down with uh, giving up. <laughs> she doesn't want that for you. Now she gets to say, Sarah, I release you from this contract. Sarah, I release you from this contract. And I revoke this vow. And I revoke, the, revoke. I revoke this vow. Okay. Okay. I and revoke instead, this vow. Instead, I give you my blessing to, what's the blessing? And instead, I give you my blessing to move in flow, move, live in peace, and live in rest. Mm-hmm. And maybe is it, and to let yourself be carried by your love. And to let in, yourself be carried by your love. In your work of changing the world. In your work of changing the world. And at the same time to take sweet, sweet care of your own self and notice when you've need a little rest. And at the same time, take care of your sweet, sweet self, sweet little self, and uh, know when you need rest. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm glad that's recorded. And <laughs> from going through this experience, I would probably suggest someone made a like recording on their phone or is that what you have people yeah, do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that involves some rewiring. Yes, yes. How right? does your body just notice? How's your body doing? I mean, you're you're multitasking, you're doing a process, and you've got a podcast audience you're taking care of. But how, how are you doing in this moment? Um, pretty good. Uh, I, I have been through a lot of life coaches, and that is the one piece that everyone comes back to is <laughs> that 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 piece right there um yeah. it's been I'm just like my mom said I was like that as a baby she goes yeah. you didn't you just wanted to like get down and yeah, you go through the world I came yeah. out that way <laughs> the mission I do have a mission yes I do yeah. have a mission but um no you know it's a mission that involves a balance, as you well know, because if you're showing up exhausted and someone is asking you life advice or trusting you with their deepest, darkest places, yeah. that's like a surgeon. Like you don't show up for surgery tired to no. me. And I, I'm sure you're the same way. There's another level. So you can work with that later. Like uh-huh. I won't step into my own tiredness in order to make sure that I can be fully with the people I love. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That was great, Sarah. Thank you. Um, and I think that's such a good example of what you're talking about uh, and what your work is. Um, tell us a little bit about where people can find more about you. Yes, absolutely. So um, there's a book. There's a book that's available on online booksellers called Your Resonant Self. And um, by Sarah P. And there's a workbook that's coming out on May 25th that has the contract stuff that we've just been doing. It's a whole workbook of contracts called the Your Resident Self Workbook. So that's going to be really fun, too, for anybody who's like, wow, that was kind of an interesting thing that Sarah's just did. 
Oh, that's awesome. And I'll make sure we release, if you give me that date, we'll make sure and release the podcast right around that time to make sure that works for you. Yes, yes. We'll have happy to do that. Um, well, Sarah, thank you so much. What is there? Are there any last words of wisdom that you want to give to people trying to make their brain a kinder place? Yeah. Mm, so I think my words of wisdom today are fall into your own arms. Oh. Yeah. I love that. And trust yourself to catch you. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah Payton, for coming with us on our journey today to help you become toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.